0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Loving Family podcast, where we talk about all things polyamory, parenting, queerness, and love in the modern age. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Modern Loving Family. I am your host with the most hours spent breastfeeding babies at this table, Jamie. I literally just was nursing the baby before this podcast, and she's still here with us, so... (laughs)
1: welcome baby she's very excited to be here excited for her first episode oh this is she
0: was she was in a little bit of another one that we did i think this is her most vocal episode yeah this is definitely probably going to be her most vocal episode so we will see how this goes but anyway um i am super excited because for the first time since the stroke carl is back with us on the show hey Hey,
1: everybody thank you all for your wonderful thoughts (laughs) And kind wishes. Me and my useless nipples are very (laughs) glad to be here.
0: Back back with y'all, men and their useless nipples. Do you know how much I have cussed y'all at like two a.m. when I've been up with this kid?
1: If I could lend my nipples for help, I would.
0: That's that's lending a a hand or a nipple in a time of need. A friend indeed is a nipple, (laughs) or something. In a time of need. Yes, exactly. Oh my lord! Okay, well we're off to quite a start. So <laughs> this episode is aptly titled "Damn It, Bob." So Carl, would you like to explain who Bob is? For oh, the, for those, the baby of, is also chipping in. Yes,
1: <laughs> would you like to explain?
0: You want to talk about your fiscal responsibility?
1: Well, for those of you who did not join us for did not join jamie and candy for the last episode uh which i very much enjoyed listening to by the way
0: oh thank you yeah because i mean this is something you know we've obviously kept you informed and everything along the way but that was kind of the first time that you had heard everything in chronological order right
1: it definitely filled in some gaps
0: yeah for sure So, but anyway, tell us who's Bob.
1: Bob is the name that we have given to my stroke. Um, That way we have anthropomorphized it and externalized it. Um, That way when shit doesn't work the way that it's supposed to work, we can go, damn it, Bob.
0: It, It really is cathartic.
1: Fucking Bob.
0: Fucking Bob. Bob is the worst.
1: For anyone in our listening audience named Bob, we apologize.
0: <laughs> we apologize in advance. Also, Kendi is going to be kind of in and out of this episode uh, since the baby has decided that she needs to have a lot of input. <laughs> so, okay, so we have some context for for Bob, um, the the unexpected and unwelcome person, well, personification who joined our Vegas trip.
1: Indeed, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Bob caused us to miss an excellent U2 concert.
0: Damn it, Bob!
1: And you've never seen U2, so that—that <laughs> that was definitely a vexing challenge for me when I woke up at the hospital, going, "What the fuck just happened?"
0: <laughs> yeah. What was your What was the first thing you said to me at the hospital?
1: Hey, baby. I'm sorry we missed the show. <laughs> Because I, I know how much you were looking forward to seeing them.
0: I was looking forward to seeing them, but I was also just really glad to see you awake and talking at that point, And that was really better than any U2 show that you could have possibly taken me to.
1: Um, I, while I'm still not terribly able to play my instrument at this point, um, I could not replicate the show for anybody um, and unfortunately we're left with youtube videos
0: No you've been playing the
1: sphere. a little bit not much
0: Yeah you've been playing but like there are discernible baselines happening
1: My let's say it was a right hemisphere hemorrhagic stroke
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and I, I got to the hospital with no movement on my left side at all They quickly um, did a thrombectomy, I was told later. Yeah, you were um, pretty out of it at that point. And clot-busting drugs. And so I started moving my left side pretty quickly after the surgery and was up and doing some minimal walking the next day. Yeah. Because the restroom is my friend, I mean, I, I, I did not like the um, the catheter nor the uh, uh, the pee bottle.
0: Yeah, I was about to say the catheter, the pee bottle, or the bedpan situation. Those those
1: were very motivating tools to yeah. get me out of the bed.
0: And look, they got your ass out of bed, so I am one hundred percent pro this plan. So, but no, I mean you had a really rapid gain of, of those abilities back. I mean, to the point where your neurologist out there, the nurses, everybody was, I mean, pretty shocked and amazed, especially those who kind of saw you when you first came in
1: and then let me fly home. So, yay.
0: Yeah. Um, we flew home commercial, <laughs> which was terrifying, but you did really well.
1: Did not have a heart attack on the giant cheese tray that, that we had on the plane.
0: Yeah. So tell, tell me about that. Why did we end up having a giant cheese tray on the plane?
1: Because we flew home first class.
0: <laughs> we did. <laughs> Which was not really how I envisioned flying first class for the first time. But I also didn't feel great about putting you in an economy plane seat after spending a week in ICU.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we definitely... um the we, tree
1: the cheese tray and the bubbly were very welcome.
0: Yeah, they were. We they ran out of meals in first class, so we got these like weird giant cheese trays that came with cheesecake as a dessert. So like I'm really glad I'm not lactose intolerant or I would have been very hungry on that plane.
1: No, that would have been bad.
0: That was probably a very weird um shift for you going from hospital food to bizarre plane food. <laughs>
1: To cheese, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to just chunks of cheese. So, okay. Um, you know, we, we've we talked a little bit. You just kind of gave us the rundown of medically kind of what happened with your stroke and how what happened when you first came to. Um, talk to us a little bit about Vegas before the stroke.
1: Um, we had a great time. Um, we had a nice room and a wonderful uh, massage at uh, we had a couple's massage at the Bellagio um, highly
0: recommend just don't recommend having a stroke after nope yeah
1: um, I remember spending some time in the various and sundry steam rooms and hot tubs mm-hmm. um, did not avail myself of the cold tub no. unfortunately which certainly didn't help
0: probably not
1: but um, I remember looking at the clock and going hey um, I need to go meet Jamie so that we can pregame for the concert and um, felt very overheated. Um, I felt a heat stroke coming on. And so I was having problems getting my towel and my robe and getting back to my locker where all of my stuff was Mm -hmm. and apparently collapsed into somebody who recognized stroke signs that were happening and they quickly called an ambulance and got me to a hospital within the magic window
0: yeah within four hours of a stroke is the best time to administer clot busting drugs and to try and get blood flow back to the brain after that four hours your prognosis is much worse so because of i mean i have told you over and over throughout this process you know we were Never meant to see you too. <laughs> like, we were never meant to go on this trip and see you too. But I feel like the universe truly guided us into the exact place that we needed to be at the exact right time with the exact right people to magically, you know, stars align and get you the help that you needed to make as miraculous of a recovery as you've made.
1: I can't say enough wonderful things about the care team that I had at no. the hospital. Um. Thank you, Sunrise Medical Center, um, uh, Neuro ICU. Yeah, floor.
0: they were incredible.
1: Y'all had my backs almost as much as Jamie did. <laughs> and um, Jamie, I can't thank you enough for everything that you did for me and watching out for me and advocating for me throughout all of this process.
0: You're easy to love. One hundred percent, and you do the same for me. Easy choices. I,
1: I would like to think that I would that I would have a hard time doing it as artfully and effectively as you did.
0: <laughs> I did get to the point where I told multiple people one day, "I'm really sorry, but I'm going to be your problem today." <laughs>
1: And, and I love the zero fucks attitude that you brought to everything. And that definitely made it easier for me to work my ass off <laughs> mm-hmm. to get better.
0: Good. That's the goal.
1: I'm continuing to do that. And I'm seeing improvements all of the time. Yeah. My left hand is definitely doing stronger. I've learned a lot about neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. um, over the past few weeks and I'm training my body to do things that it did before yeah. I'm creating new pathways to get the muscle memory mm-hmm. activated.
0: Yeah. What would you say has been your biggest challenge throughout this entire ordeal?
1: Rehab is a grind mm-hmm. and it's tough to get yourself psyched up and ready to go do it every day because it's fucking hard.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I imagine it feels like knowing you have just the absolute worst workout ahead of you, but so much worse than that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. But I got to know the therapists over at Baptist Health in Little Rock, mm-hmm. um, and they treated me incredibly well. Yeah, and were very good and supportive and helped me get moving. Yeah wouldn't let me laze around and wouldn't let me not do it right um i apologize to the nursing staff up on the third floor for trying to (laughs) trying to get up and around um before before you know i was before y'all knew about it or were ready for me to be doing that
0: yeah i i came up there one day and your nurse saw me and she went let me tell you (laughs) About what this man tried to do today.
1: (laughs) I I needed some silverware, and so I hopped up out of my bed, and I walked out to the nurse's station to ask if I could get some cutlery to... I I had some peanut butter and some crackers and was wanting to put peanut butter on the crackers without trying to dip it. And I went out there, and the nurse went, Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) You did not just... Get out here without <laughs> without your wheelchair or without your walker. <sighs> I went. My bad. Sorry.
0: I adored. I adored her. <laughs> she definitely. That that was definitely. We we had some matching energy there. So um, what I, I know throughout this process, we have talked a lot about polyamory and community and kind of the ways that that has intersected with this ordeal can you talk to me a little bit about has polyamory been a help to you has it i mean what has been the relationship of that to this like major event in your life
1: well i would not have made it through this event certainly without the partners that that i that i have i can't thank candy enough for coming coming out to Vegas to our rescue, he brought the baby on the plane.
0: Yeah, um, single-handedly. we Neither one of us have ever flown with our children before. And if you've flown with babies, you know that, I mean, babies just have so much stuff. <laughs> and they, they navigated that beautifully.
1: That was amazing. And it was really cool seeing her at the hospital, mm-hmm. smiling at me. Yeah, that's very inspiring.
0: Yeah, I think we, and, we both and needed it.
1: Makes it worth the effort and the work. Yeah. Um, she remembers too, as you can hear in the background. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's just like it's so funny because she has these periods where she's just quiet as a mouse, and then, of course, like as soon as I get on the phone or turn on something to record, she starts talking up a storm. So, um. So, yeah, do you feel like, you know, you have benefited from being polyamorous throughout this, or?
1: I know that it's a common saying in polyamory circles to say that love is infinite. Mm-hmm. But I learned that firsthand um, during the the biggest medical crisis that I've ever had to deal with. Yeah. And just that love and support yeah. Um, made it so much easier to to do everything that I did, and I um, the the depth of love that you showed me is so real and inspiring to me.
0: I mean, medical stuff is so scary, and it can be so isolating and it can be just, I mean, terrifying to go through this stuff. And I mean, the thing that I kept thinking as we were there was just how terrifying it would be if you had been by yourself first off. Secondly, how terrifying it would have been if I had not had my other partner to support me when, you know, when things were so rough and it just it it does give me a lot more i i am very much inspired to encourage the building of community
1: um mutual support is everything
0: yeah whether polyamorous or not
1: (laughs) when you need it
0: yeah I mean, we, we really do need to move toward more of a community of mutual aid and, and showing up for one another in, in really radical ways. So, um,
1: it was beautiful. Yeah. To see.
0: Yeah. And I think honestly, it really did make all the difference in your care because I was, I had the actual mental capacity to show up and to, to be really, to be someone's pain in the ass that day. Um, in a way that I don't know that I would have if I didn't have that support behind me.
1: So the day before our massages, we we had a nice dinner at a, um, at a restaurant in town and talked mm-hmm. about our future plans.
0: Little did we know
1: <laughs> um, we talked about cohabitating and mm-hmm. figuring out um, a way that we could, Combine our living expenses Mm. and stuff in a way that we, that was prophetic. Yeah. Because we got to put it into practice very quickly soon after. Yeah. As soon as, as I I moved out of the hospital, the the doctors were not comfortable with me going back to my apartment by myself. And so my partner and my meta moved me in with them Mm -hmm. and I have been here. Now, for about three weeks, yeah, and you know sacrificed their space and sacrificed their um their time and their energy to to be there for me and to help me through everything and while I am not fully capable of um, of living independently, yeah um, I don't know that I want to anymore,
0: and that's real. <laughs> I mean, it has, yeah, I mean, it's been, there's, you know, yes, it's been chaos these past few weeks, just like having, having another person in the house and getting used to the new rhythm of things and things like that, because in the midst of all of this, I also got laid off from my job. And so really, like, I love that you said prophetic, because I mean, we really had absolutely no idea what was to come. And I'm so grateful we had those conversations when we did because I'm confident that this is what we both wanted, even apart from Bob.
1: (laughs) We spoke that shit into existence.
0: We did a little too fast and a little bit too traumatically. (laughs) Um, And even the baby agrees. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we, we had this conversation and it's been total chaos because, again, lost my job. We're pulling kids out of daycare. So the kids are home. We're taking you to therapies and things like that. But it's been, but in the chaos has been so much joy
1: creating a new normal.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's, you know, it's been a really beautiful thing to arise out of, you know, a pretty ugly situation.
1: It has. I, um, I am amazed all the time. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What do you say? You want to find a house together?
0: (laughs) Well, funny, you should say that. (laughs) Do you want to, do you want to tell our listeners what we've been up to?
1: Well, the polycule is currently in search of a house that would suit all of our needs. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you know, a nice big house that has plenty of bedrooms for everybody (laughs) <laughs> Please email us at at gmail.com.
0: Or or don't because we've we've pretty much narrowed it down at this point. So, this I mean point. unless well, unless something falls through, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. which very much may happen because that is the nature of a house search. So, are you are you excited? Are you scared? Both. Yeah, same. Totally same. I mean, I am a millennial who never thought that they would own a house because of, you know, all of the lattes and the avocado toast, not the crippling student debt.
1: And after um, extricating myself from a marriage that was not um, working Mm -hmm. for me, I totally never thought that I would be in a situation like this ever again, and... Um, I have surprised myself in my ability to lean in and just jump in full force with both feet.
0: Yeah. Because Become- historically, you have been very commitment-averse, would you say, or or you are free to argue with me if you don't agree.
1: I mean, I knew I made a good choice when I asked you out on a date. I
0: <laughs> didn't so you know how good it was going. But,
1: but, but, but that... That has paid off in multiple ways in the years since. Yeah. In fact, um, would you say would you like to try Vegas again to go see YouTube before their residency ends at the end of February?
0: You know, I think I would actually. So, yeah, you you heard it here. Um, we are actually trying this again. We we texted many friends. And we're like, is this stupid? And the consensus was, mm, that's a good kind of stupid. <laughs> so, and we also, who also we talked to
1: Uh Definitely went and talked to our therapist. Yeah, and, we did. And, and got their <laughs> approval.
0: Yeah, and so we are we are going back to Vegas in just a couple of weeks, and we are really excited. I'm I'm a little nervous, but I'm mostly excited at this point. I think
1: check out our socials. We will definitely be. Yeah. Not returning to the Bellagio, <laughs> where where we feel quite certain that our pictures are put behind the concierge desk saying, do not admit.
0: Or at least don't let them into the spa.
1: Every Uber in town is like, we're not taking them to the Bellagio. <laughs> yeah. Not
0: happening. Is there, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know?
1: We have merch.
0: We do have merch. Thank you for reminding me. Um, we have, uh, as of today started an account with T Public, So you can now hit up our Tee Public for our new merch. We'll add new stuff every now and then. The first design up is, you will be happy to know, a take your ass to therapy design. Um, so you can sport that on a t-shirt, on a sticker, on a tote bag. I think that there's even baby onesies. Um, I mean, that's
1: setting the stage. Good foundation.
0: Yeah, you know, I just I just feel like we should encourage good mental health even at very young stages. Isn't that right? You are so excited to be here. Big you? thanks to
1: Jamie for making that happen. Absolutely.
0: Yep. Yeah. So um uh, any <coughs> anything else that so, you wanna add?
1: So if you would like to brag to your friends that you are also <laughs> fans of the Modern Loving Family podcast, feel free to get your ass to therapy and then get yourself a T shirt afterwards.
0: Yeah that's your reward for taking yourself to therapy buy your therapist a t-shirt oh i like that even more so we we can get a twofer going Mm -hmm. all right well everyone thank you so much for tuning into this very special episode of the modern loving family um we are on all major streaming platforms for our podcast so make sure that you hit subscribe and stay tuned so that you know when the newest episodes are dropping if you would like to follow us on social media we're on tiktok we're on instagram we're on facebook and you're going to want to follow all those platforms because we have content that is unique to each one of them um you can also do things in our link tree like buy us a coffee or even send us a little cash app because this podcast is not free to host And so if you can help us break even, then we can keep on bringing you all of the things that you can be nosy about, because we know that's why you listen. Mm -hmm. Believe you me, we have looked at our statistics, and the town we live in is where we have the most listeners, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So, um, But yeah, feel free to hit us up on that link tree in our bio, and stay tuned for the next episode.